Welcome to the Conversologist podcast, where we talk about the art and science of conversation in the digital space. We know that technology can be a powerful enabler in the customer journey, from marketing to customer service, but communication and emotional connection still need to be at the core. I invite you to converse with us. This is episode seven. Why do we hate chatbots? I'm conversologist Rue Shearer, and with me is chief conversologist Jam Mayer. So, recently a busy startup here in Auckland, whose core business is chatbot platforms and development, declared that the C word is off limits. Apparently, chatbots have a negative connotation. Now, I don't know, Jam, what word do they want to use instead? Bots instead of chatbots. Bots. I mean, we've, we've had chatbots around since Eliza, the sort of creepily distracted conversational bot in 1966 that gave pretty incongruous, irrelevant answers to even just normal kinds of questions. Um, and of course, popular culture has given the computer-generated intelligence a, a really bad reputation, right? Um, HAL 9000 in 2001, Space Odyssey. But chatbots today, as we know them, I mean, they're anything but scary, right? I mean, they're efficient, they're helpful, many are intuitive, some are even funny. Now, Jam, you've been a fan of chatbots ever since. You've developed and designed, built more than a few. Here's my question. Do people hate chatbots? And if so, why? Well, there is a considerable, and it is rising, unfortunately. The perception of chatbots is skewing towards the negative sentiment. You know, I do guest lectures and I do presentations and conferences, and there will always be someone or a group of people who will say, I hate them, they're useless. We should just go back and just talk to a human being. There's no point of using this technology. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, there's a lot of reasons why people hate chatbots. There's um, a, a few research papers out there. I mean, there are some organizations that have done their own small sample size. It was research by PwC. It was a future of customer experience survey just recently, I think for 2017 and 18. 59% of all the consumers feel that companies, so brands, big companies, have lost touch with the human element of the customer experience. And most customers hate AI, which obviously chatbot is a part of that because organizations are using it to replace the human touch instead of augmenting it. And that's huge. So one reason that they hate it is they just have a very negative experience. And there's sub reasons behind that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, one is when you try to engage with a human being, let's go back to, you know, the traditional way of doing it. You call or you chat with them, for example, on a website and you have a problem that you want resolved, right? So that's the expectation. Now, it's hard enough talking to a human being, let alone a chatbot, and they get frustrated because the chatbot doesn't give an accurate answer. It's not solving my problem. I just want to talk to a human being. The second thing that creates this negative experience is that it just doesn't understand what the user is typing. So it's not intelligent enough. So that goes back to the technology and the programming and NLP and machine learning, right? 
the fact that it isn't ready yet or it doesn't have enough data for it to learn, going back to knowing that a chatbot, when it's deployed, it's still a baby and it still needs to grow up and learn. So the users get frustrated because the chatbot just keeps on saying, I'm sorry, I can't understand that. Aren't you going to get pissed off and annoyed if that's the only script that you're going to get? And of course, we've seen in the past with some chatbots as well that um, they're supposed to be activated by buttons. And what you find instead is that people intuitively type and it seems to them like a perfectly straightforward, easy to answer question, but they get exactly that. I'm sorry, I'm just new. I didn't understand that. So do you think that's part of the frustration? Yeah, that's, that, that definitely is part of the frustration for sure. I think that's the biggest <laughs> reason why people hate chatbots Because it's like, you know what, I'm just wasting my time. They want immediate response. They want to resolve their problem now. I mean, I'm the same. I'm a very impatient person. You know this, right? (laughs) Right. So if I need to change a flight or whatever it may be, and if I don't get a human being, I get frustrated. Sure, okay, a chatbot's there. Okay, fine, you're a chatbot. Well, I need to do something, I need to change something. And if you can't resolve it immediately, and my expectation is that immediate response, that's why you're a machine, then I get frustrated, then I hate it. So do you think there's a disconnect between the reality then of the fact that, well, getting close to two-thirds, certainly over half of users dislike chatbots because they find them useless or impersonal or cold, And yet, particularly within business circles, there seems to be a lot of excitement, a lot of talk about wonderful chatbots, how they generate sales and they make us millions. And you hear all these success stories about chatbots. Do you think there's a lack of understanding or are they living on borrowed time thinking that it's a successful formula? They're painting a very short-term picture of success. It's successful to them because they see open rates, which is higher than email. Sure, it is correct. I mean, if we're talking specifically for Facebook Messenger bots. And unfortunately, these are the guys saying, look, it's it's really going to make you sales, etc. I'm not saying it's not true. It's just that these are rule-based chatbots, meaning they don't have a lot of AI in it or maybe none, and they're just lead you to a certain path. So yes, it may work for a campaign or two maybe if you have a simple campaign and you want to sell something and then you nurture them eventually for them to buy but what's going to happen is the same way that people are hating say social media marketing right now wherein oh it's all sell 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 and go through a funnel and next thing you know you know buy now and you're just pushing them to buy and then after they buy they're going to regret it and then now people don't like dealing with chatbots. The problem now is convincing the consumers or the users to actually use them in the first place. Example is the Schnauzer bot chatbot that we created. Do you remember? I certainly remember it because I scripted that dog as doggily as I possibly could. And yeah, you're right. It's not working as we may have hoped it would. Yep. I mean, the scripting and the conversation was great. The problem now is that there was a gate. I call it a gate, right? What was the gate? The gate is right at the very beginning of the process, even before you get talking to the Schnauzer bot, so you haven't had any interaction with it at all. 
it says, would you like to talk to our friendly schnauzer bot or speak to a human? Pretty much everybody opts speak to a human. Unfortunately, schnauzer bot didn't shine because they'd rather just talk to a human being about something else. We are still trying to figure out the reasons why these people prefer to do that or not. It could be because they really hate chatbots or they know that it's not going to answer a question or maybe uh, it's just going to be marketing and they're going to sell me something, which is a shame. So this leads to my next question, something that you said earlier, you talked about, you know, based on, on rules, they're not complicated AI. Yeah. We know that AI chatbots can be incredibly successful. And we've recently been talking about Smarter Child mm. as early as 2000, which was an AI bot and it was a conversational bot and it was a very engaging bot and it had what? 300,000 followers. It was the AOL chatbot and people just loved it. Kids were coming home from school and telling it about their day and if they got a bit abusive, it would gently tell them off. We know that it can work. So is the fault in that there's too much easy chatbot technology and people are being too lazy? That's a very, very good point. Look, I'm not a developer, right? So it gives us a chance with more of the creatives to create those rule-based chatbots because there are templates and just plug it in and just tweak it a little bit. And now you've got a boxed solution. And that's really a problem. We've mentioned this already in a past episode. The experience is not unique enough. So they go on to the same thing again. And people just don't want to talk to them anymore. I guess the big message here is the technology is great, but please, 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 let's do it right. One of the things I was planning to ask you was, is AI the daunting factor? Do people feel afraid of AI because sci-fi and Stephen Hawking and everything else has heaped so much on AI as being this potential apocalypse for the human race? The evidence actually seems to be suggesting the opposite, which is that AI actually makes better, more effective chatbots. People prefer dealing with AI because it is actually more human, at least once it starts to learn. Obviously, as you say, if it's a box solution, if it's a, a low-cost platform, if you're a small business and you just need a chatbot to answer your queries, you're not going to have a highly developed AI platform. That's not going to happen. So in your expertise, I'm going to use the E word, in your expertise, oh, <laughs> is there a workaround? Is there something you can do with a simple, cheap bot that actually starts to substitute for AI? Obviously, we all know that if we want a really good AI chatbot, then it takes resources, right? But if you end up doing a rule-based chatbot, my advice is to start small. Find out your objective, whether it be lead generation or sales or whatever it is with personality, obviously, and create a conversation flow that is simple enough so that, one, the expectations are set so the user knows exactly what the chatbot's job is. And with that simple flow, you're going to meet those expectations and you're going to end up with a positive experience. Start with a simple flow. Cut it all up. Don't try to develop something from welcome message up to different branches of your website, for example, and then the person is going to be really, really confused. Give them a gate at the beginning, yes or no? I think based on our experience now, 
let's not have a gate. It, again, it depends on the objective. Let your chatbot shine. What that means is encourage people to actually use it and let them go through the experience. If you create the flow correctly with the personality and it's a positive experience, it should be good. One of the chatbots that we did do, which was gender, who gave the itinerary and the agenda for the social media conference NZ, actually got a great reception from the people who were there and she worked pretty well. That was a positive experience as far as I can tell, almost overwhelmingly. There were a couple of people who managed to break it by trying to ask it where the beer was. But overall, it actually worked well. What do you think we did? I mean, there were some technical glitches, obviously, out of our control. It happens with technology. But what we did right here is exactly what I said earlier. We set the expectation of the user. We told them, look, I'm Jenda. This is my job. We put a little bit of humor in it and people smiled. And yes, there was a gate in a way, but this was more of opting in and making sure they're okay to actually have a personal conference assistant, so to speak, Jenda, to guide them through the conference. Actually, some even said, oh, I don't have Messenger. I really want to experience Jenda. So we set the expectation. What they loved about it is, is one of the surprises it was easy for them to interact with Jenda because every time they went into a session, etc., then Jenda would say, hey, how was Jam session or how was Rue session? And it was just very simple emojis in terms of the feedback. We removed the friction. Does that make sense? So it was a positive experience. They were asking the next day, oh, how do we do this? Or oh, do we scan it again with a code? Um, hey, I miss Jenda, I forgot to scan it, how do we get her back, etc. You know, I mean, there were still a lot of logistics that we could have done to educate the people during the conference, but that's another story. But that's what we did, right? We set the expectation, we guided the users on what Jenda has to do, we made it simple, we removed the friction during their journey on the chatbot, and it said goodbye, and that was it. One of the things you've said many times is that there's this dissonance between expectation and reality. And most particularly, people expect a chatbot to be perfect. And they very much are not, particularly the rule-based ones. Yes. You want your questions answered. You want your problem resolved. You know, there's that expectation and they get frustrated. I've said this in my guest lectures, even human beings in a call center, for example, answering questions, we get frustrated as well, right? I was going to ask, you know, what is the future for chatbots? Because... Obviously, there'd been all this hype, chatbots are the next big thing in business, a a fantastic tool. The future is chatbots. People are starting to hate them. Is the future chatbots? From what you're saying, it sounds like actually this is just speed wobbles, right? Yes, and there's still a lot of benefits to a chatbot, again, if done correctly. It is an art and science. It's the creative and the technology. You can't say, oh, I've got a great conversation flow here, but it's not feasible technology-wise, then it fails. And vice versa, you know, if the technology is great, yet you've got a really bad (laughs) conversation flow, then it still fails. So both have to be really, really good. If there's anything that I want people to take away from this episode is not that 
you have to be scared of chatbots or you should hate chatbots. Here's the point of automation for developers out there and for conversation designers, et cetera, even and the users. The point of automation is to remove the friction. I've said this earlier. It's to remove the friction from customer interactions and then to simplify and streamline the overall process. If you can do that, the sentiment, the negative sentiment is going to change into a positive one and people will use the technology even more. Look, I think that wraps it up for this episode. What did you think? Do you love him? Do you hate him? He's still on the fence. Do you think what we said was accurate? Do you think we made sense? Do you think we've identified it? We'd love to start the conversation with you. Thank you, Jam, so much for all of your insights. Thanks, Drew, for joining me as well again. If you're on Anchor FM, leave a voice message. If you found us on social or your usual podcast app, drop a comment. Or you can visit our page, theconversologist.show, and tell us what you think. Thanks to you, Jam Mayer, for researching this episode. Music composed and produced by the Carlo Vergara. Google him. We will converse with you soon.